Hi, this is the Primal Cast. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, podcasting, podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Primal Cast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three, two, one. Andy, how are you, man? How are you, brother? We good? Good, brother. What's been happening? Mate, lots and lots. Just getting back into uh, to life full steam ahead. 2022. We're going to make this year a good one. Oh, we have to make up for the last few years. Oh, man, so, exactly. So where are you at the Gold Coast, you said? Yeah, man, we're on the Gold Coast at the moment, sort of uh, bouncing between Victoria and Queensland at the moment. Yeah. How do you find travel or getting down there and getting back? Well, look, now it's all right. The borders have, have sort of opened back up, which is fine. So, you know, when the borders are open, it's doable. When they're not, it's it's not possible. So, yeah. man, it's been it's been really challenging. I mean, I, I moved up here a couple of years ago um, with that intention, of course, being able to move freely back and forth. But as you know, brother, the, the circumstances that we've all gone through over the last two years have put a massive, a massive uh, diversion in that. So now, like the last couple of weeks has been the first time I've been able to really come back, back and forth, probably in the last seven months, I think. So it's, it's a good feeling, man, to be able to do it and hopefully see my mom and everybody a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You never, you know, a few years ago, you'd never imagine that we'd be restricted from traveling from state to state. And you know what, though? So a few people I've spoken to have said this is even before the borders were, were lifted and hmm. there wasn't a great deal of, issues at the border i mean a lot of people i spoke to were just traveling freely between states there doesn't seem to be much of a sort of a, a well people at the border but they just seem to be asking you yep yep okay straight through they didn't really ask for much proof of why yeah. you're there and um yeah. so whether or not a lot of it was just sort of more of a you know a mm. air campaign um that they're just relying on people doing the right thing because man from what i've heard it was quite simple to travel yeah to- man it's true dude i had a lot of uh, i had a lot of friends that were sort of sneaking up and back back and forth during the period of time. And, and it was, it was a lot of smoke and mirrors, dude. A lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of uh, a lot of fear being pushed at. I mean, as we know, it's the last two years has just been constant fear and anxiety pushed onto everybody. But um, but yeah, it wasn't as difficult as people as people thought it was. Imagine crossing into the border, you're like an illegal immigrant in in a different I mean, state in Australia. I mean, it's crazy. It is, man. It is. It's absolutely crazy. And um yeah, look, and to think think it's been going on for so long now, dude, like, you know, over two years with all the data that we've had available, with everything that we know about it, yet we still have these blanket, ridiculous policies and rules being, yeah, shoved upon us. I mean, it's it's a joke, really. It is, man. So you've been speaking out about this for a while. Um, in mm. fact, you organised the Worldwide Freedom Rally, which I believe you've got another one coming up next month. Yes, that's right. Yeah, 20th of Feb, bro. How have you found that in terms of your, from a business point of view, and also just from getting, you know, personal feedback from your followers, like do some of them sort of get up you and write messages and, you know, anti-vax of this and anti-vax of that? Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I mean, initially, look, it's not, I don't think it's probably great for business. It's not like everyone knows me for doing a certain thing and, you know, we've got such a mixture of people within my community of my, my gyms and other businesses. So you're going to get people on both sides of the fence. There's no doubt about it. I, just like you, man, I mean, the reason I started speaking out was because I was so freaking frustrated and, and disillusioned. And just to have 
you know, again, being an entrepreneur and being fully in control of my life for so long, building my businesses over 10 years to then have everything forcefully stopped, cash flow stopped, you know, obviously the, the debt keeps going up and there's no cash flow, it's mass stress, you're letting people down because because you can't help it because the government's forced you into closure. And I was just, I was thinking this can't be life. We can't let this just roll out like this, especially with the data that we were looking at, which was plain to see. Um, and everyone's sort of sitting there with their, you know, sitting on their hands, just going along with it. Anyway, man, I was, I was super frustrated by it. And, and that's why I started speaking out. And how was the response? Initially, it was, it was bad. People were coming at me left, right and centre. Lots had, you know, thousands of followers unfollow me. Um, it was, I was getting brutal messages. I had clients abusing me. It was, it was intense. And then, but, but I just knew deep down that it was the right thing to do. I mean, for me, it was, it was the truth. And, it, and I believe it is the truth. I mean, you look at the numbers and it's, it's hard to ignore if you're using a rational mindset. And so I just had to, I mean, I, I just had to keep going. And that's what led me on to, um, you know, firstly, just interviewing and, and chatting to people and trying to show everybody else that, you know, a lot of the smartest people that I know are thinking the same thing. This isn't just like a few crazy people in their basement. This is this is legit. I'm speaking to politicians, speaking to doctors, scientists, just like you. And I think it was really important to bring that to the forefront because, you know, the, the larger majority of people had to see that there are experts, there are professionals, there are celebrities and athletes that are seeing things from this point of view because they're looking into it. They're looking deeper. They're not just watching the news. They're not just taking things for face value. Um, and so, so man, we just kept pushing it and I ended up doing the freedom rally. As you know, you spoke at it. Thank you again, brother. You smashed it as per usual, but, uh, but that was a, just another opportunity to try to get as many great minds together to show and inspire other people to speak up. Yeah. And, and that's, what's been extremely surprising for me is that, you know what, and I, I get it. I understand, you know, I've got oh, mate, athletes, musicians, actors, Mm. Um, my inboxes. If I showed you my inbox, you'd freak. What the fuck? You would never expect yeah, yeah, these yeah. people, right? Because they don't speak about yeah. it publicly. Because they've probably either directly or indirectly been uh, sort of blackmailed with their contracts mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Listen, you can't speak out. I've had someone, um, and it's not her fault, um, who we recorded a podcast at the end of the year. Uh, well, no, not even beginning of December. Um, great episode, man. It was great. We talked some shit, had a laugh, and just great chat. And um, man, yeah. like she. she had to tell me, listen, we can't release it because um, she signed a new contract with some organized business and uh, that couldn't, like, she couldn't let that be out there in the open. And wow. I get it. Like, I understand, you know, we all got mm -hmm. bills to pay and, mm -hmm. but it's just a shame that, that we're in a position where you, like, if you get punished for speaking the truth, like you literally, yeah. you lose, you lose money. Like businesses don't want to associate with you, which is something I've noticed mm -hmm. um, very early on um, is that it's very hard to, Obviously, I didn't come into this with contracts, right? I started this podcast back in um, I think end of September yeah. mm. um, with just a, an idea just to speak to a variety of people, have a chat, open, honest, no censorship, say whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Um, yeah. and that's the platform I wanted to create. Um, mm. And then obviously, it sort of fell into place um, as time went on. But, you know, no one has a, like, well, there's now there's a few. There's been a few brands that have approached me sort of in the last two months. But prior to that, I mean, I was getting hundreds of thousands of streams a week and nobody was, like, mom was number one for weeks. Yeah. 
not a single yeah. brand wanted to come near me, right? Yeah, and it's yeah, because, yeah. oh, listen, he, he's saying things that, oh, you know, he shouldn't be saying. And it's that mentality. Mm. Was I wrong? No. And you can see that as time goes on, the guests mm. that I had over the show, and, and I said, man, it's not my opinion. I'm not intelligent enough to to make yeah. decisions, you know, make calls. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I listen to the experts and, and it's what they're telling yeah. me. I relay that message and um, it's become more evident that what yeah. they're saying was right on the money. Like when I look back at the posts, which I did the other day, I was because the Instagram have destroyed my main account. Like they're oh, mate, same ass. here, dude. Same here. I get I've got zero traction on mine at the moment. No, like my story views have completely crashed. My reach with my normal posts are crashed. Anyway, I'm feeling you, bro. It's it's hard, man. And it, you know, I went from like about between sort of maybe like thirty to fifty thousand story views per day mm. on a but just yeah. one particular story. To yeah. I think the last one I got got like two thousand in twenty four hours. Like they've Crazy. killed it, right? Yeah. Um, which has become a problem because I mean, obviously, um, I'm trying to grow my brand, the podcast, get exposure and get listeners, and um, it destroys mm. it. So, um, yeah, you know, but there's no accountability because when I was looking back through the posts that they've flagged in the past, I look back mm. at them now. I'm like, well, we now know that is 100 true. Like you can't possibly say yeah. that's misinformation at this point. Like mm. a post where mm. um, I shared a, a snippet from uh, Dr. McCullough stating that. Um, if you get vaccinated, you can still spread the virus. Uh, you still mm. get it and spread it. That was deemed as yes. misinformation. But we now know that we, we know that we know the truth now. Uh, it's out in the open, but there's no accountability for them. They don't apologize. Mm. And say, listen, sorry, we've put your post back on. We apologize for any inconvenience. Um, there's none of that shit. It's just once they flag yeah. you at a certain point, um, it doesn't change. So, but the problem is no. science evolves, science changes, right? So, but with the problem with these fact checkers, they freeze it in time. They freeze science in time, right? Or ignore it. Or, or ignore it. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that's, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, and that's un the, the unfortunate truth. And this is what's been so disappointing about the last couple of years is just realizing how corrupt this nonsense is, man. And I, I was naive. I had no idea it was that bad for real. And um, to see this roll out and to see people, blatantly ignore truth and blatantly ignore the real data and uh and and just take people's face value and and the censorship i mean it's look it's been we won't get too negative but it, it's been just a, a massive eye-opener it's been crazy and i i really hope things can change i just really hope we can change it and you know maybe with these new social media platforms coming out and trump's bringing one out and maybe with that competition and and that that breakaway will change the game a bit but Something definitely needs to change, bro. Definitely. And, and I've been following, um, I think it was Getter. I've got an account on Getter. I think mm. a lot of people did after Joe Rogan joined up. The world seems to join yeah. up. Right? Um, good, good platform. No censorship. I like it. Um, but from a from an exposure point of view, man, you would know yourself. It's just, it just does not compete with Facebook, yes. Instagram, yeah. Twitter, YouTube. Mm. So it's mm. a problem. I mean, it's good to be able to say what you want without having to worry about them flagging it. But at the yeah. same time, the people that are on those platforms are probably there for the same reason you are. They, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? That they know what's going yeah. on. So, and then yes, Trump's got his one coming out, I think very in a few months shortly. Um, yeah. March, I think, mm. but I'll be skeptical until I look at it because I feel like, unfortunately with Trump, it brings a, an audience with him where he's got an audience, mm. um, not obviously similar um, beliefs and views on, on a number of issues, but then there's the other sort of far end of it where, you know, they might mm. be, a lot of them, let's be honest, a lot of them are racist. A lot of them, are, you know, 
there's many things wrong. So I'll, I'll be keeping an eye yeah. on that to see because he's got a, a obviously a um, variety of of supporters. Um, yes. And if some of those join that platform, sort of that far, what do you call them, far left, or I don't even know if this political shit. All right. Yeah. Right. Um, there could be some issues on there, and, and I wouldn't get behind a platform that that supports or allows for racism and things of that nature. Man, I hate that shit. Yeah. I just believe in freedom of speech to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, man, it's crazy to think that we're in this position. It's it's um, man, it's surprising. Uh, it's surprising, but not. I mean, you've seen it coming for a number of years. When you when yeah, you yeah. think back now, when you think back in hindsight, yeah. like, I should have seen this coming. You know, well, that's right, man. Yeah, so true. Connecting the dots and looking back. And it's, you know, it's those inches that we give. You know, you look at all those little, the, the little things that have taken place or the, the, the little freedoms that we lose over time or the, you know, the, the little bits of censorship that sort of creep in. And it's every time we give those, those inches away, that's when you look back and you're like, holy shit, that wasn't just an inch. That, that was actually a mile. Mm. And we've let this happen accumulatively over time for so long that we're now in this position. So, yeah, man, I hope a lot of people are sort of waking up to the fact that we have to pay more attention to, to what's taking place in, in politics and in the world and with, with social media and censorship and government because the way it's going right now, um, we are heading for a really controlled way of life moving forward. And um, I don't think people are going to like it at the end of the day. No. And, and look, while this may seem negative to the people listening, you know, but ultimately there is some positives to come out of that negativity. And that is that with each day, more people are going, okay, shit, you know, something's going on. Um, and people are drawing the line at a certain point. Um, and I feel like that line was really drawn by a lot of people when they started wanting to vaccinate the kids and make the kids wear masks at school all day. And as I shared last night, man, the, the multiple tests per week, for kids. And that's something that's really uh, concerning. Uh, I'm a parent. I've got children and um, my youngest son, he's very, uh, very sensory sort of, like he's just very particular and fussy and, you know, there's certain things he doesn't like. And um, people who have children with sensory needs would understand what I'm talking about. And the thought of, of he's starting kindergarten this year, right? So next week, the thought of him having to undergo multiple tests per week, um, man, it's terrifying for me as a parent and there's no fucking way in the world I will put him through that. Um, any any child is going to be difficult enough, especially when you're talking about fucking... They're five years old, man. Kindergarten students are five years old. How do you how do you rationalise the need to shove this thing up the nose? It's going to be very unpleasant Yeah. Um, to a five-year-old. You can't. Mm. For them, it's torturous. Mm. The same reason they don't understand why they have to get a needle. They don't think that it's, it's going to hurt them. They don't understand it. So... And I think a lot of parents at this point um, are really standing up and there's already some kickback from that, which is uh, like great news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And it needs to happen, doesn't it? I mean, the, the, again, looking at the stats and the data, we've known this for a very long time, almost since the start, you know, kids under a certain age are, are hardly affected by this virus and about, and, and through what's taken place. So again, Put, like putting our or projecting our fears onto onto the kids, having to put them through this, we do not know the long term psychological damage that has taken place just through lockdowns. Not on, you know, not even considering the masks and 
the testing and the news and the fear and everything else that's shoved onto the onto the kids. So I think we're going to see over the next you know year or so that uh, a lot more data and studies will come out around the mental and emotional impacts that this has had on the the younger generation, and mm. it's been completely unnecessary. And I think you know a lot of media and a lot of adults are going to take responsibility for that and have a look at how they behaved and how they're continuing to behave and teach and and teach their kids because it is having a long-term effect it is and you know what i was um down at my local shops the other day in the cafe there and um, i was standing in the line and there was a lady and she kept looking at me right and i'm noticing that more as time i'm like okay she recognizes me okay fair enough and then what was happening she, she was just like she had like my like you know the whole works i knew exactly what the type of person she was anyway. So um, she had a child with her and she gets on the phone. I don't know whether she deliberately like, intentionally made this call because I was standing next to her or whether, I don't know, but it was fucking bizarre. So she gets on the phone and she goes, hi. Yeah. So uh, whatever her daughter's name was. Yeah. She just got vaccinated. I'm so proud of her. And she's like, I'm like doing these ones looking at me when she's talking. Uh, right. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, she's vaccinated. You know, and this poor child standing there with two, not one, but two masks on two masks yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, and she's boasting about it loud in front of everyone, and I'm sitting like, "Oh, okay, so you're a fucking moron, like something's <laughs> wrong with you, like yeah. you're like you're virtue signaling to me, like you know that yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. it. You probably see my shit online, and you don't like it. Fair enough, you're more than entitled mm. to your opinion, but don't get carrying like that. And that's the problem. Mm. It's like a cult. There's a certain number of people that are so committed to the narrative and to what's being fed to them. They become like cult like. Like that's cult behavior yeah. from that woman. Yeah. Yeah, no, very true, man. I think, you know, situations like this are always going to expose some pretty huge extremes. And, I, you know, of, of course, we've seen it on both sides for sure. Mm. Um, but I just think that, you know, as time moves forward, if you are not looking into it and you're still behaving in that way, you've, you've got to ask some serious questions about yourself and the, and, the, and the way that you've been thinking, your thinking strategies about life because, you are not improving the situation. You are not helping anyone via staying naive and not doing your own research and not um, and not looking at the actual stats and the actual numbers. Because mm. if you did that, you would know that triple masking does absolutely F all. You know, you, you would know that you do not need to segregate and demonize people that don't want to take the V because again, you can still catch it. You can still spread it. Like these are all facts that have been laid out there for a very long time, but people are just choosing to ignore it and instead behave in extreme ways because they are, they're getting significance out of it. They're getting, um, you know, they, they, they are, they are feeling virtuous out of it. And, and unfortunately they're feeding their, their unresourceful needs unresourcefully. Yeah. It sort of forms their identity, right? Like when, when you're that invested in something, um, it becomes part of who you are. Like everyone knows you for that particular reason. And um, I get that obviously a lot and, and people assume things with me, but man, um, I try and always keep an open mind. I've got my own thoughts and my own opinions on certain things. But if I speak to someone who's, you know, an expert in, in, in the particular field and, and, you know, they drop facts on me and data that's there and I can see it. I have no right to argue with that person. I have to take it on board because, you know, they're the expert, not me. So I'm very open, very open. Yeah. To what's happening but what i've noticed it's the people that are speaking out against it like the mccullers and the malones and all these experts that are speaking out they're happy to speak out and cop whatever criticism they're happy to debate with but the other side is not like that so you're not getting these 
public health expert that you know the government ref, uh, refer all their um yeah what are they called um health acts on they're just they're just saying what they have to say scripted scripted questions by the look of it um and they're answering them and there's no tough question they're, they're not happy to debate with somebody else in the field who has a, a different opinion um and that's what's and then you got on top of that censorship so you're being force fed a narrative and and you can't no one can deny that it's blatantly obvious yeah. we're being force fed if those other doctors are wrong give them the chance to be wrong disprove them you know pull that's their right. arguments apart but they're just going yeah no we've got to just deplatform them we can't have them saying that and it man the world's not mm-hmm. like that especially in in democracies like these, kind of like us, the US, Canada, where we're seeing it, the UK, all this censorship taking place, um, mm. man, that's not what what we're about. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, very true, bro. And and again, that's again been extremely disturbing seeing that take place. And you would think that if you were so confident in that data and that truth, that you would have a debate. I mean, rather than the forceful nature of these lockdowns and pushing the V onto everybody the way that they have, if it was so legitimate, why didn't they just educate? Because if it was education through debate, through showing the stats, through talking it through logically and rationally would have convinced so many more people. Like I would have, I mean, you know, I haven't taken it, but I would have taken it if I thought that I truly had to and that it was truly going to, protect me and, and all of those factors and if the data back that up but it doesn't and we don't have data on it and it's amazing that people are just ignoring all of the truths that have been cemented in in medicine and in ethics and in, in policy previously across the board are now being ignored and pushed away under the guise of emergency and that we have to take extreme irrational action during a, a time of emergency, but it really shouldn't be that way. These, these safeguards and these checks and balances have been put into place to protect us in times of, of emergency and extreme events such as this, you know? So to throw it all out the window and ignore it and then demonise people for wanting to look at things rationally, it's, it's insanity. But I think we've seen that, man. We've seen a lot of insanity over the last two years. Yeah, mate. We've, we've got a look, we've got a worldwide bioethics crisis. We're in a worldwide mm. bioethics crisis where, for example, if, if they created a new medication similar to, to paracetamol or, or uh, ibuprofen for headaches, right? And they, they launched it on the shop shelves, and then you know, people started having you know adverse reactions to that medication. Can you imagine? Like, we don't know the exact number. It's, it's hard because we only get told a certain amount. Then there's people who don't report things, people who lie about it and will report even though they haven't had the issue. Um, I'm sure some people have gone in there and reported a case of myocarditis and they haven't even had the vaccine, right? Right? Yeah. There's definitely people like that. But so mm. we're, we're never going to find out the true number, but we can be sure that it's a fucking lot, right? It's a lot. Mm. And I feel, you know, if you were to release a new drug for a headache and it was mm. to have caused this amount of issues, you would think at the very least the rollout should be temporarily suspended pending further investigation, right? Especially when you're dealing with something with a, a case fatality rate so low. It's not like we're dealing with Ebola right? or, or some, mm. you know, some other um, airborne disease that, you know, even 10%, even 10% more, uh, case fatality rate is dangerous. Like mm. that's a problem, but we're talking 
for, for most age groups, it's like under a percent or, or mm. a tenth of a percent, right? In some mm. cases. Mm. So they, they've got the, it's not sort of the end of the world where they haven't got the time to go, listen, let's just pull these back for a minute, have a bit more of an investigation into it. And that's what they would do if they were acting ethically. You would think mm. that's what would happen. Mm. Um, but instead, man, there's just sweeping it under the rug. There's censoring doctors who are raising these concerns and, um, a lot of these people who are speaking out have nothing to gain from it. Only they're, they're losing. They're being targeted. They're being they're being yeah. labelled as this and that all over the internet. Their reputation is destroyed forever. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not gaining anything from it. Um, mm-hmm. it. Whereas the people who are on the opposite side who are doing the censorship and all that, they've got every reason to lie. Mm-hmm. They're, they're making mm-hmm. billions of dollars, billions of dollars. So mm-hmm. people need to understand that money makes the world go around, and it's just the way it is. Um, is it right? Definitely not. But you're, you're never going to have a world where there's no corruption, where there's no, it's going to always exist. Yeah. 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 It's so true, man. Very, very true. And, and you're right. Normally, in normal situations, you have to have a certain amount of testing for these, for the, for the V's and for the, any of these products. And as we know, you know, the, the, I think the average testing for, for the V's is like seven to 10 years. And so, you know, the long-term effects, I mean, we have not had that. It is classified as a clinical trial right now. And again, people are just ignoring that fact. So why wouldn't you be hesitant in a situation where there are no proper clinical trials or you're actually in a clinical trial for something that, that, cruel to others yeah i lost you there for about 30 seconds i don't know what happened oh, <laughs> i think when um hold on give me a second yeah i lost you about 30 seconds it's okay let's keep going um uh, yeah it's um my concerning times but you know what there, there's a lack of and i'll tell you a personal story about myself so i don't think i've really spoken about it to anyone really but mate so when was it 2019 no 2020 2020 mm. Um, I had an injury, right? So um, doing what you do, I tried to put up with it and, and for it to go away. Didn't, uh, it persisted. So I went to the doctor um, to find out what was going on. Um, they put me on painkillers, uh, pain which was at the time, I had to, I couldn't sleep. It was, it was painful. Um, anyways, I started with, I think it was, it was panadine fort, which is just a, a codeine and um, paracetamol mix, uh, which was fine. Started at like two tablets, I think like two or three times a day and it helped me get by. But then it stopped working in a very short amount of time. Like within a week, it stopped working and I was in pain. Went back to doctors and he goes, oh, so I just have three. That same amount of times, but I just have three of them. So I did that. Um, and that went on again for another week or so. And then I actually went back and I requested a scan. It was my knee. So I requested a scan and he goes, oh, no, no, it's, it's okay. He was moving my leg around and me, he's the expert. There was no, um, it's stable and you should be fine. I don't know. You probably just, I can't remember what he said I did, but anyway, so um, he says it's not working. Then he, he upped it to four. So I was having four. This from a doctor. From a doctor. Four yeah. panadine four, three times, or sometimes four times a day. That's 16 in a day, right? Yeah. Um, and he raised no issues with it. In fact, what he did, because I was going through so many of them, instead of, um, you know, invest, doing some more investigation, what's going on, or, or changing the mm-hmm. medication to something stronger, um, he would 
he said he couldn't give me repeat. So what he was doing, he was like dead set writing five scripts out individually. No way. I'm serious. <laughs> Give it to me. And I didn't think anything of it uh, at the time. I knew that opioids have the potential for abuse and addiction, that sort of thing. But, you know, you put your trust in the doctor. Okay, we well, wouldn't yeah. do that to me. Fuck, you know. You, anyway, so I just, mm-hmm. then it got to a point where that wasn't working. I'm like, man, this is nuts. You know, the, the mm-hmm. pharmacist actually raised issues. The pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Because, man, you got like having a box every day and a half. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so then um, he, he changed it. And then I was on... Um, Sorry, I went from the doctor to a, from a different to a different doctor at the same uh, medical center, and then she changed it up to endo. Yeah, right, which is even stronger again. But it was working, and mate, it just went on for fucking a month, six weeks. Mm. Um, and then I thought it's not good. Well, this I've got to stop this shit. So I just stopped it. Just, just didn't take them one day. I looked at other yeah. things like turmeric and different things that help inflammation. And yeah. um, fuck me, man, I, I that period of time was the hardest few days weeks i'd been through in my life I'm wow. you, you have no idea how bad it is you think like because it's a it's a it's a drug from a pharmaceutical company it's not ice it's not anything you buy off the streets it's a it's mm. a it's a drug mm. it's a pro- pharmaceutical product mm-hmm. um but man i i've never in my life I, I went into just deep depression anxiety sweats couldn't sleep body aches wow. um dizzy as shit like sometimes i couldn't mm-hmm. stand up mm. um it was a, I'm telling you, it was the hardest thing I've been through in my life. And then um, I went obviously to address that. And I said, this is, I can't live like it was bad. I went to the doctor and, and again, uh, but a different doctor this time. Well, fuck that guy. Mm. So I went to a different yeah, doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, my blood pressure was insane. Like it was like 190 over 120 or something off, like bad. Yeah. But, um, they told me to go to the hospital. It was a Liverpool hospital. Um, I said, no, I'm not going to the hospital and me being stubborn. I'm like, fuck it, I'll be all right, you know, just go home. And then anyway, um, went back and he ended up giving me, um, it was Valium for the withdrawals, which helped. Wow. Right? Yeah. Helped. But again, it's even worse. Mm. Right? It's layering. Mm. Yeah. So you went. For, I went from, from opioid withdrawals to then being put on Valium, which is a benzodiazepine, to then having to come off that. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and it was a fucking, it was hell, man. I, you don't understand. I lost friends, um, wow. a family, like split my family wow. over it. It was, man, it was bad. I was just a, a completely different person. And that was you, under. Like, your, your mood was just so erratic or. Oh man. Like if someone, if someone would like, oh man, if someone looked at me hmm. for too long in public, I'd just, I'd snap. Like I was on yeah. edge 24 hours a day. I was just on edge. Mm-hmm. Like ready to kill people that's how bad it got it was bad yeah. it was bad yeah. and normally i'm very level-headed and i don't really get mm-hmm. angry i don't basically get the better of me but this was just i wasn't in control i had no control yeah. over it um yeah. and i probably should have done more at the time but at that point i'd lost complete trust in the medical system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although they put me somewhere or, or told me to go somewhere they're gonna fucking make it worse again and i just thought i'll just i'll do it myself I mean i started going to I started swimming, going for 5K runs and, and just trying to get on top of it that way. And it eventually worked. But, nice. man, you have no idea um, how that, it, man, it was the hardest thing I've ever been through. And that was under the guidance of a doctor. Mm, mm. That was his and her recommendation and their treatment plan. And it completely, almost was this close to fucking my entire life. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. I mean, it's stories like that, I guess, that highlights the, the truth that it, not every doctor is made equal. There's going to be good. There's 
you know, there's good ones and bad ones and, and more experienced ones and less experienced in every industry. Mm. But when it, when it comes to something that is, that has such an impact on our mental and emotional health, as well as our physical health, and it can go to that extent, mm. then, I mean, it's scary, isn't it? It's, a, it's absolutely scary to, to sort of give our power away and be guided down, down a path such as that. And unfortunately for you, bro, you caught that, man, and you had to deal with the, with the huge ramifications and side effects. Man, it was bad. And you know what? I, I, I'm very fortunate in the sense that um, because at the time I was still working in mental health. So I'd done enough training. I, I've worked with Like I knew how to uh, handle it probably better than the average person. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would have done to the average person yeah. who hadn't who didn't understand what was. I understood what was happening. So mm-hmm. like I, every time I'd feel a certain way, or I'd go, okay, that's just a you know withdrawal symptom. Stop thinking too much about it because I was. I'm telling you, I was badly depressed, terrible, yeah, well, um, and well. anxious, really anxious. Um, and but I would tell myself, listen, that's only you know why this is happening. You're not really depressed. Mm-hmm. It's just because of what's happened, what's going on. You'll be fine. You'll come out of it okay, and you come out stronger. And which obviously I have done now, but. You know, you're telling me that I should go to these people, and there's a lot of doctors like that. Don't get that's not just one off, man. There's many doctors that are just too happy to fucking write a prescription for anything, yeah. And don't understand the like, I didn't get any benefit, like, in terms of any sort of um endorphins or dopamine hits, which mm. people do get from opioids. I got none of that shit, none of it. I wasn't mm. taking them because I wanted to, I was taking them because they stopped working for what they were prescribed for, so I have to yeah. take more. Otherwise, it wouldn't mm. do anything. So I, was mm. getting, I wasn't getting high off it or getting any sort of personal pleasure or nothing from it. It was just to, to maintain like to, to, with the pain because the pain was extremely bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but there's people out there who will get a prescription for something like that or, and they'll become addicted to the feeling. Because don't get me wrong, man. When you start a painkiller, you fucking feel great. feels good, yeah. right? You're happy and you can go to sleep. <laughs> but um, they're so dangerous, man. And, and that's what really is disturbing the fact that i can't go out and get fucking ivermectin mm. but i could go to the doctor right now i can promise you i'll get off this podcast go to any fucking any doctor any doctor yeah. locally yeah. walk in there and make up complete bullshit say oh fuck my legs sore i've got a headache I've got a toothache oh yeah no worries so here's a prescription for a fucking painkiller if i go in there and say listen you know i've heard some good things about ivermectin i want to get a prescription no 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 Exactly. You need to get vaccinated. You need to get vaccinated. It's like, you'd be happy to give me pain kills. Like pain pills kill how many people each yeah. year? Yeah. It's getting yeah. worse as time is going on. Correct. Yeah. Especially in the US, man. People, the fentanyl at the moment, the fentanyl, I'm sure you heard about that fentanyl. Yeah. Fuck, man. That's, that's bad, man. That's just as bad as heroin, that shit. It's probably worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly right, dude. And, and that's, you I mean, that's the lunacy in all of this, isn't it? It's like, Again, clearly these these other modes kill more people, way more harmful, but yet they're so freely given out and socially acceptable to take as well. Yet things that are have been proven to work have, you know, I think Ivermectin's got over 300 studies um, that it's been involved in proving the, the benefits of it. It's been blacklisted. And it's, mm. again, all because of the bigger agenda. I mean, there's a lot of money in the, in the Vs. So... Yeah, look, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And I guess how did you during this period of time, how did you manage? Did you hit any like dark moments or depression moments during this this period of time? I mean, I've, I get a lot of messages of people that have struggled big time. How have you handled it? Um, yeah, man, it's been tough at times. Um, but I think I'm very fortunate to be 
I mean, I surround myself with positive people like yourself. Uh, positive. I know if I was ever having a shit day, I'd give you a quick buzz, man, and you fucking you change my my outlook. But yeah. I'm very fortunate, and and how I deal with it. Um, don't get me wrong, it gets hard yeah. um, some days, and and mainly about my kids, man. Like myself, if they want to come and arrest me and take me to a fucking Guantanamo Bay, or they can do what they want to yeah. do. I'm a man. I can look after myself. It's the my kids. I'm yeah. I'm worried about, um, yeah. and that gets to me knowing that their childhood's not going to be like my childhood. Right? They're not going to. Yeah be able to experience what I experienced as a kid, like having fun and sleepovers and fucking just running, you know, having all the things a kid should be able to do has been stripped away from them. And, mm-hmm. and at this point in time, it doesn't look like it's going back to normal anytime soon. So mm-hmm. that upsets me and that gets to me because I feel like as a father, even though I'm doing a lot, I understand I'm doing a lot and I, I you know, I'm doing as much as I can do, but I always feel like I could do a little bit more. And that's, yeah. it, that gets to me. Um, mentally and emotionally, man, I've, I've, it's kept me up at night. I've, I've cried over it. it it's, it's something that really does affect me, but yeah. I, I try and, and remain positive and understand there's a lot of people who uh, feel the same way. And we're all collectively trying to work together in a way, in a weird sense, where how to get out of this, how we're going to get through this together. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what motivates me. And also, uh, man, I spend a lot of time outdoors um, mm-hmm. and, and just and putting myself first. Um, in, in many aspects in terms of improving my mental health, my physical health, changing my diet, eating better, training daily, um, all these things, man. Like even if I can't be bothered in terms of, you know, um, getting up in the morning, because I do like to go out for runs very early, like 5, 5.30 in the morning, nice. um, which is much easier to do now than it is in the middle of winter. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's still some mornings where I think, fuck that, I'd rather just have a coffee, chill out in the lounge and flick my phone and, you know, but um, I just get out and do it, man. And, and that builds a level of, of toughness, mental toughness that helps me, I think, when it comes to mm. other times where I get sort of, I start getting sort of down that, into that dark place, but I can always pull myself mm. out of that uh, because mm. of things like just doing things I don't want to do, man. I make myself uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, this might sound weird to you, but man, having cold showers has been life-changing. Yeah. Yeah, really, that. it has. It just, yeah. it, it, it gives you a, a degree of mental strength where like, okay, I don't want to go out for a run at 5.30 in the morning and it's 20 mm. degrees, like it's not cold. Um, mm. But yeah, I can jump, I mean, if I can jump in and have a shower in cold water in the middle of winter, then I, I should have no problem getting outside and going for a run. So um, a lot of mental work in terms of, of strengthening um, yeah. that. But man, it does get tough. And I feel for people who maybe haven't found the right formula for them yet in how to deal mm. with it. Mm. Uh, because it's a lot, man. It's almost like every day there's some new crazy yeah. shit that's that's popped up, and we've got mm. to deal with that. But um, the worst thing you can do is ignore it. Mm. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore mm. it. Don't just go along with it because you feel like it's the easier path. Because that's the reason why we're we're here. Because too mm. many people have gone along with it for too long. So try and accept that the world's like this at the moment. You can't deny it. It's happening worldwide, not just in Australia. It's a worldwide issue. Mm. accept it um look you know and and do your own research uh, mm. into mm. what's happening and, and try to find the best path for you it could be starting a podcast and and talking to people it could be and this has obviously helped me a lot too just talking to people mm. and um but yeah man i think we're all different and we all deal with it in different ways but i think definitely mm. um working on yourself should be everyone's priority at the moment mm. yeah absolutely man I, I think that's so so important and I love what you, you spoke about then with the, the cold showers in the morning and just those, those rituals that we really just need to stay consistent because when, you, when you're thrown into 
so much uncertainty and you're thrown into so much chaos, so to say, over the last two years and the norm has been shattered for a lot of people. We, as humans, we, we crave a certain amount of certainty and we need a certain mm. amount of structure. And so having those rituals in the morning, like you run and you shower and whatever it may be, for me, it's sort of waking up, doing my goal setting, doing some affirmations and do a bit of journaling. And those, those rituals for me really help keep me centered. Um, mm. But man, you're right. There's times where it's, it's been real tough over the last couple of years. Uh, probably it's been the most challenging for me to stay positive in, in my lifetime. And I'm extremely positive. I've been working on mindset and personal development for over you know 10 years now. But, um, but I definitely had some big tests and big challenging moments. So I think, um, I think anyone listening right now, you know, going back to those basic rituals, but just also remembering that this too shall pass, everything passes, you know, you've got to, you've just got to dig in and keep going sometimes, even, even when you feel terrible and you think that it's, uh, that it's not worth it. Yeah, man. You know what? I have two journals, like two on planners, two planners. So yeah. every, every Sunday night, so last night I did yeah. it. I have, I've, I've two, um, two, um, oh, what do you call them? Little books that I have, and so one of them is titled "My Week," just my week, right? Yeah. And for example, um, my podcast with you's on there, my one tomorrow's on there, and and that sort of thing is in that particular book. Then I've got another one, and the title of that is "Shit I Don't Want to Do." Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what it's called. Nice. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Shit I don't want to do, and that is full of five thirty runs. That's full of cold showers. Love that. Man, that that's I try and um, each week I try and do something really something I really don't want to do or something that yeah. I know will push me physically. So it might be, you know, a fifteen or twenty kilometer run or something that will really push me to my limit. I try and include one of those each week, and I just try and mm -hmm. keep the stable there. So you know, the cold showers, daily runs, or even walks. Man, if I don't want to run in the morning, I'll go for a walk. Just doing yeah. it, um, and it's total shit I don't want to do because I, when I when I tick off those things at the end of the week. It reminds me this. I didn't want to do any of this shit. Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. To do it. I'd rather much rather yeah. not do it. Right, I'd much rather not do it. Um, mm. But it gives you a sense of accomplishment, no, more accomplishment, but also it just it reinforces that you can do whatever you want to do, no matter how uncomfortable it is. You can still get it done. Yeah, yeah, it's so true, and it also reinforces the basic truth that if you want to achieve anything great, it's going to be uncomfortable. There is all the good things in life are uncomfortable initially. And anything new and different is uncomfortable because you're not used to it, right? So having that that discipline and, and really challenging yourself to condition the mindset of embracing the uncomfortable and doing hard shit all of the time, it's it's the number one skill for success. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you could, you put the data together of the, the most successful people in any capacity, in any industry or whatever it may be, one of the common traits they all have is exactly that. Even when they don't feel like it, they will push themselves to do the thing they know they need to do. And, uh, and I think that really what, what defines, I guess, that warrior mentality and that mindset. Yeah. And, man, that's something that I relied on when I spoke at the, um, the event, Reclaim the Line event, uh, Reclaim the Line, yeah, Reclaim the Line event, last Saturday in the city at Hyde Park there. Yeah, yeah. Man, I used to, when I was still working before I was told to fuck off because I didn't have the, the vaccine. Um, and I, I used to be a manager, right? So I'd have to have staff meetings, right? One-on-one -on -one chats with staff and, and just little staff meetings with 10 people. I used to fucking hate it. Like in, like in terms of anxiety, I used to fucking despise it. Man, it was 10 people there. I'd be an anxious fucking nervous wreck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've always struggled with, I don't know why, it's just something that I'd struggle with. So 
um, I went from that bit, like having a hard time speaking to 10 people to going mm. on stage for the first time in my life. I've never been on stage in my life, mate, besides fucking like primary school and high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, to, to, to speaking to like thousands of people, just everyone of the people looking at me, mm. right? Mm. And how I did it was, was the mental toughness where I'm like, this is nothing for me. I've mm. done things that I don't want to do so many times. This is nothing. It'll be completely fine. And that's something I didn't have in the past mm. where I wasn't. So mentally at the moment, I'm in a very good place where I can, it's fine. I can do it. I can get through it. I can do it. Um, yeah. And man, it changes your life when you think that way. You do mm. shit you don't want to do. And it just, you have to put yourself, as you said, you don't grow inside a comfort zone. It's called a comfort yeah. zone for a fucking reason because, you, you know, you're content there. You, you don't really want to sort of leave that because the minute you start leaving that comfort zone, um, into unfamiliar uh, spots or places, then you're uncomfortable. But that's where mm. the growth the growth occurs when you're uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't grow. So true. Yeah, man. So true. So true. And I think this is something that you've got to stay consistent with as well. Like as soon as you start letting that mentality slip, that's when the results in your life will seriously stagnate or go backwards. And so I think you can. There's a really tight correlation between how much you action exactly that mentality that you've just described and how fast you're progressing in life. Yeah. And if you're not, how little you're actually progressing. So I think it's, it's important for everyone to, to remember that, especially in times like now when we've gone through such chaotic periods, a lot of people have lost their jobs, a lot of businesses are going under. There's a lot of scarcity there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations, uncomfortable things that we have to do to get through right now. And, uh, and it's so much easier just to hide. It's so much easier to get, get into your, to your bed and put the covers over your head. But unfortunately, doing that will lead us nowhere. That's right. And, mate, you, you, so you've done some bodybuilding as well. So, mate, yeah. you've, you know all about hard work because that's fucking very tough. I work out, but not at that level. You know, yeah, um, it's very yeah. tough in terms of combining diet and exercise and, you know, different diets for different times. If you're competing and when you're not competing, was it on and off season, that sort of thing. So, um, mate, that's a great foundation to have because, mate, not everyone, mm. I couldn't, I don't think I could do that. Mm. A lot mm. of people couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I think, I think you definitely could. It's, it's really what motivates you, isn't it? But I mean, you, your runs and your fitness regime is, is another version of that. And mm. I think people that, again, wanting to, to uh, get stronger mentally and emotionally in doing hard things, whether it's in their career or, or work or other areas, the best place to start is your fitness. Because if you can start breaking those mental barriers of, fuck, I've got to do another 5, 6K run. I don't want to. It's going to hurt. But you do it anyway. Or if you are, you're on a diet and you're fasting or you're limiting calories for a certain period of time and it takes a lot of mental and emotional discipline, especially at nighttime when you want to eat that ice cream, then every time you succeed and you overcome that mental barrier, you are getting stronger. You are adding another layer of discipline and consistency and commitment to your regime and confidence. So it's important, man. And I think, you know, the, the, the foundation to healthy living, of course, and just successful living and, and clarity and energy is that fitness regime. And so I think anyone watching right now can get benefit from uh, applying that. Man, that ice cream at night, man, it gets me. <laughs> and, you know, 
Hey, it's a, it's all our it's our it's our weak spot for sure. But I struggle. I struggle to sit there at night. So when the kids go to bed, I'm up with my wife watching something. We watch a lot of docos as well. Um, yeah. So man, when I sit there, I, I struggle to watch something at night without fucking eating. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just you know what's up for an hour and a half and not have something to eat. And because we have the kids, we have dinner quite early, like. Sometimes like 5 30, 6 o'clock. She, I don't know why. I've told her a thousand times, fuck, just at least seven. Because then when nine yeah. o'clock comes, <laughs> I'm starving, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I sit there and I watch um, a movie, documentary, or whatever, um, I find it hard to. It's a habit, though. Yeah. Even if I'm not hungry, yeah. I, it's a habit of, of having to, you know, put my hands in a bag of chips or fucking have an ice cream or whatever. So it, that's tough. But you know what? Mm. I, didn't, I didn't just stop that. So I knew it was a weakness of mine. I was aware that it was a weakness. So instead of just going, just stopping it, I thought, you know what, gradually. So you change it up. So you might replace that with a healthier snack, right? Yeah. For a few days. And um, instead of going all out, you just gradually make better decisions. Mm. Um, and I feel mm. like that's where a lot of people fail in terms of diet and exercises. They go from one extreme to another. They may go from having fucking a liter of Coke every day to mm. completely having none and just water. You're going to fucking fail. It's going to be very yeah. hard to to do that so instead of that change it up maybe fucking i don't know some iced tea instead of coke and just gradually change it rather mm-hmm. than just in one go um, yeah i found that works for me and i think it would work for a lot of people yeah 100 and it's it's funny i'm going to just connect a few dots here but obviously with human behavior and the way that we take things on and adapt to certain situations or habits or behaviors you know in in a in a physical capacity your body will adapt if you are we call it progressive overload where you're progressively overloading the body, you're getting heavier and heavier. You don't go from one kilo to a hundred kilos. Mm. You've got to incrementally increase and then your body adapts and you get stronger and you get better. Exactly what you said with, with restricting as well, progressively restricting means you, you can mentally and emotionally handle um, and palette the change and your body then adapts. And it's been the same with the way that the, the governments enforce these rules. They've just slowly yeah. and progressively overloaded us and progressively restrict us, restricted us. And, uh, and that is how humans can process things without shattering themselves and without collapsing completely. And, uh, and, and people know this. The government knows this. And so just, again, connecting the dots, it can work in our benefit, but also be aware of it because it can be you know, pushed upon us to work against us as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's changed the landscape of so many things. Like it, it's, I think Robert Malone said it with the mass formation psychosis is what he called it. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, and that's very true, man. And you know what it's done? It's changed the landscape of, of, of our lives. And hopefully one day it changes and, but that might take five years, 10 years, but yeah. to the point where I got a message off, off a buddy of mine the other night. And um, he was telling, he met up with, he met up with some, some girl and he said, what was crazy was that, that whole, that landscape of dating and, and that's what has changed to the point where they got back to his place. Right. And normally the question would be, do you have a condom? Do you have this? Do you have that? Fucking, you got chlamydia. Yeah. Okay, normal questions, right? Do you have STD? Whatever. <laughs> no, it wasn't, man. It was a vaccinated. No way. Yeah, seriously. So he goes, he was shocked. Right. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I'm not. So she literally um, didn't want to fuck him, right? Because he wow. wasn't vaccinated. So, so he's got home. Obviously, well, she's got home. He sat there with with blue balls, and and I thought, man, that's nuts, man. The <laughs> fact that, like, if he said yes, right, but had he could have had any other disease on the face of the planet, 
All she gave a That's fuck right. about was COVID, right? Jeez. He could have, he could have AIDS. And she, no, well, she's just, yeah, you vaccinated? No. When, oh, when you sorry, know that you can still catch it, you can still pass it. It doesn't even make sense. Like, that's how illogical this nonsense is. But that, that's the conditioning. Like, people are actually, like, you're about to fuck a stranger who you, you don't even know. You're about to fuck a stranger. You could have anything yeah. on the face of the planet, any disease. And the only disease you care about is a disease that's not going to kill you anyway. And it's exactly not going to be that right. bad. Like, that's you'd rather catch COVID. <laughs> you'd rather you'd rather catch COVID than most STIs, to be honest. Listen, Absolutely, right? yeah. Exactly COVID right. doesn't make your dick burn, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, that, that's how crazy it is that that people are like it's just changed their entire way of thinking to the point yeah. where it's of the utmost importance is that question, and the fact yeah. that it's even appropriate, like to ask someone that, like you mm. imagine being asked, "Oh, hey, if you had your polio vaccine." Well, who are you? What the fuck? Like, you have the right to ask me that. Exactly. But now it's so acceptable mm, to mm. ask somebody that. And I don't tell people that I haven't had the vaccine. I don't, I don't openly tell people, oh, hey, I'm not vaccinated. Like, it's no one's business. But it's funny because I get asked. The only time people find mm. out is if they ask me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, including family and friends. Like, a lot of family and friends, um, they can sort of gather it from my content, but uh, they don't know for sure until they ask me. I'm not openly, yeah. I don't brag about it because there's no one's fucking business. Exactly. Uh, but exactly. now that's, that's something that people ask. Like, is that going to be the same thing in the future for, you know, when there's another illness where, mm. is it going to be the point where kids are, say kids of today, mm. as they're getting older, going through the teenage years, is that something they're going to ask their friends? Oh, mm. did you have your polio vaccine when you were younger? Did you have your this vaccine? Because it's becoming socially acceptable to ask other mm. people their immunization history, which is crazy. Well, I mean, it's all engineered that way, again, to make people more self-conscious about not taking it. And, again, it's, it's psychological warfare, really. The, the, whole, the whole making that the norm and making it socially acceptable and pushing such negativity and, and breaking those privacy rules, which we've always had, um, so publicly and from the top down, it's, it's all being engineered exactly like that. So that we second guess the decision of not taking something and that if we don't take it, that we will feel the pressure and the shame of having to say, no, I'm not, I'm different. And, and this is what they're trying to do, create that culture. And so, you know, again, we've got to be aware of that and we've got to, we've got to ask the question, do we want to live in a world like that where we have to, you know, expose our privacy, which we've always had that right, um, to appease the to appease the government and to appease the the new norm yeah man that's i don't think people understand that that mm. it's a slippery slope like if it they is. can if they have right to ask you for your medical history like it's not it's not hard to think that maybe one day they'd have the right to ask you for your financial standing or oh, do you own a home right. do you have this how much that's money do you right. account because they can ask you your medical history they can pretty much ask you anything mm, mm, mm. exactly right man and this is I mean, we've, we've spoken a little bit about this, but the, the whole social credit score and the, um, the identity bill that's going, you know, getting passed at the moment. I mean, these, these are real world concerns that we need to start taking into consideration. I mean, people have been acting like the social credit system and these things are conspiracies that, I mean, these are happening right now. It's happening yeah. in China. This is legitimate. The World Economic Forum's openly talking about all of these things and 
and and actively putting these plans into place and uh, and you've got people pretending or just being naive to the fact that it's actually reality and actually taking place. It's easier to, to brush it off and call it a conspiracy theory and, and bag it out than face the truth. If you go on the World Economic Forum's website, they open look they have a tab on their the Great Reset. It's there, yeah, right, yeah, and it's it's they obviously word it differently, but it, all in all, it's the same thing: sustainability yes. and all that. But that sustainability and all these things come at a cost, and that cost mm-hmm. is your freedom, my freedom. It's yeah. it, it's pretty much the way I can see it. And this is just my opinion. Um, it's not. I'm not saying it's a theory or it's a fact. It's just my opinion. Is that they're trying trying to digitalize the world in a sense where everything is under some sort of digital ID or some app on your phone or maybe even built into your phone one day where your driver's license we've already got that driver's license on this sort of thing your driver's license your bank debit cards credit cards which again we've already got on our phones then it's going to be vaccine ticks passports which is already there yeah and and then it's going to I don't know somehow some way it's going to be they're going to include your financial um, position, whether it be, well, I don't know how they can do it. I have no idea. As I said, it's just my mm. opinion that that's the path we seem to be headed down. And, you know, it, it's it's happening. There's an app on the app store that's called Digital ID. It's an Australian government yeah. app called Digital ID. And, and I that's need it. Exactly what I need yeah. It's there. And and you've got the service app where you can you can pretty much do everything on there, right? Your licenses mm. on there, your, any other um, certificates and things you have is on there. So, how far-fetched is it to think that's going to happen? It's happening. Yeah. The social credit system is happening in China. It's not a conspiracy. It's happening. Mm, mm, mm. But people, exactly. for some reason, seem to... I guess it's the easier path for some people. Instead of confronting that this could be a reality, they just go, oh, it's just conspiracy theory. Well, then they don't need to do anything about it. If, it, if it's not real and they, they are choosing to mock it, they don't have to have the courage to try to change anything. And that's, you know, one of the sad things that we've, we've seen is that people would rather not take action and not try to make an impact. Um, and then the people that do get demonised. Yeah. Now, listen, before we let you go, I wanted to um, talk to you about that. So you've got an upcoming event that's in February, the Global Freedom Rally, which I'll be a part of. Who else you got Absolutely. on that at this stage? What's that, buddy? Your guest. Yeah. What other guests do you have? Some guests from the first one yeah, as well yeah, yeah. coming over? Yeah, so we've got Toverfield, we've got Evelyn Ray, um, we have a, a, a quite a large list. I'll have to send, I'll put the website up shortly. You can go, you can view who's watching at globalfreedomrally.com. Um, but we're going to have a, some amazing speakers. We've got a few headliners yet to be announced, but uh, but of course, the, the biggest name on there will be you, my friend. We're looking forward to having you speak. <laughs> Appreciate it, brother. It's, um, man, I'm looking forward to it again. It was a huge event, like probably the first. Um, of its time, I imagine, where you connected so many people, and not just people, like you connected high profile uh, yeah. people, and yeah. including uh, Dr. Joe, you know, Dr. Joseph um, Ye from the US. Yeah, know, absolutely. Love that man. Legend. He's a funny guy, man. You know what? The guy would, we'd speak regularly. Um, he's on a bit of a social media detox at the moment, but prior yeah, to that, we, um, we'd speak regularly, but the guy would get on the phone and, and message her and WhatsApp and want to be like, man, stop posting. You got to get fucked. They're going to fuck you up. Stop it. Stop it. I'm like, nah, man, it's all right. And then look what happened. Now they fucked me. So he did warn me. It's like, stop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. such a good yeah. guy, man. And and you know what? To have those people on board, um, man, it's a credit to you for, for for getting everyone because, man, it's a fucking, it was a huge effort. 
Yeah, it was a big job, bro. But and it was it was awesome because it actually it lined up perfectly with the largest global freedom um, rallies in person that we've seen in Australia. That was the weekend where we had millions marching across Australia. So it was great, man. It was great to bring. We had so many people from the US and Australia and Germany and all over the world on the uh, on the online freedom rally. And again, hopefully, we get as many people on this one. Man, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to step up to that next level because, man, you know what? From the time we do, when did we do the first, what month was that? Ah, uh, November. November. So it's not long ago, but the amount of people now that are starting to understand and see what's up, yeah, be a lot more people. Yes. So the audience will be much bigger. Um, man, I think it's a great, great timing for it to take place. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, mm. it'll be a huge event. Uh, besides that, what do you got planned for the rest of the year, mate? Mate, we're going to be just working on building the businesses again. I mean, we, we've had um, huge challenges, obviously, the last two years, especially in the gym industry, which has been a real pain in the butt. So, man, I'm just focused on rebuilding the business and getting it back on track and, and shoring everything up and, uh, and moving forward, dude. We really just need to make sure that we, we keep lockdowns away and that we can keep running our businesses so we can move forward. You know what? That's a very good point. So we need to make sure that, we don't go back to how we were because mm. it's very disheartening and, and scary, I guess, for yeah. for someone to have to think, okay, I, you know, I built my business over many years. It was it got turned to shit, right? Mm-hmm. I need to rebuild it again. But then, well, in your case, definitely, there'd be this, this nagging voice in the back of your head that's thinking, shit, they may do it again. Well, this could happen right. again. So mm-hmm. it's important now that we're in a position where it's not ideal, as we're definitely not in an ideal position. We're definitely not back to how we were pre-COVID, but I think we need to draw the line, dig our heels in as to where we are now and make sure that we only go forward from here and we do not allow them to push us back again. Mm. 100% agree, brother. 100% agree. I mean, it's it's crucial. And for small businesses out there, it's, it's crucial for us in a huge way. I mean, we cannot keep doors open. We cannot... We cannot provide jobs if uh, if we're closed and um, and getting pushed into into debt. So yeah, there's there's a lot of businesses out there that are going to be struggling over the next 12 months and and picking things back up. But uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to all those entrepreneurs out there because it's been a, a tough time and hopefully they're staying strong. Man, how did you adapt? So you have a few physical gyms, is that right? Yeah. So well I mean before before the lockdowns we had 18. We've had to close a lot of them. Uh, but we had 18 gyms and, um, and I've got a few, few other, other businesses. But, yeah, mate, we, uh, we got absolutely smashed. I mean, we've had to close a lot of centres. Um, obviously, we had to lay off all staff at the, uh, at the start of the, the pandemic. So, yeah, mate, it's been, it's been a ride, that's for sure. How did you – did you um, – oh, I guess there's a few things you can do. It's a bit easier for sort of restaurants where they can offer – takeaway services and how did you manage that in terms of trying to keep the business running and instead did you move any part of it online or yeah well we, we pivoted pretty quickly with the online live classes and we kept supporting our clients and doing all the live classes and a whole bunch of stuff for their online membership during the whole the whole period of time um and then for me i just i just put a huge focus on developing some other online businesses during that time to to sh- make sure that we could keep going and uh, and see things through, but um, but look, man, it hasn't been easy by any stretch. It's been an extremely stressful time, and uh, I'm really really hoping we can just shore things up over the next twelve months and move forward. Man, well, listen, all the best. I'm sure you'll. Uh, mate, if anyone can do it, you'll do it. 
Thank you, brother. So, yeah. brother, I'm sure you'll be fine. But listen, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. You're welcome back on any time. I look forward to the Global Freedom Rally next month. Mm. And um, yeah, man, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, brother. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. You inspire many, many people and doing a great job, man. I, brother, I'm trying. If they stop fucking with my um, <laughs> my account, it'll be better. But man, I know. It's just the social media gods. Oh, mate, it's, it's concerning. But anyway, Andy, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks, bro.